Podcastle, episode 352, for February 24th, 2015. The Creation and Destruction of the World, by Anne Leckie. Rated R. Welcome to Podcastle. I'm M.K. Hobson, and today's story is The Creation and Destruction of the World, by Anne Leckie. It's the final installment in our Artemis Rising series, which has been running through February, with all three Escape Artists podcasts featuring genre fiction authored by women. If you haven't yet checked out the Artemis Rising stories on Escape Pod and Pseudopod, you really need to get over there and have a listen. It's been a great month with some incredible fiction. And I can't think of a better story to wrap things up here at Podcastle than the one you're about to hear. As of this recording, author Anne Leckie has just been nominated for another Nebula Award, this time for her novel Ancillary Sword, which is the sequel to her debut novel Ancillary Justice, which, as you all remember, swept the Hugo, Nebula, and Arthur C. Clarke Awards last year. I'm so chuffed for Anne, as I'm sure we all are. It's really gratifying to see her receiving so much recognition and acclaim, especially as a female writer of hard science fiction, a genre in which women traditionally haven't gotten quite as as much attention. The news has also put me in quite a nostalgic mood, the kind of mood you tend to associate with flashback voiceovers, you know, the kind where some old guy, probably on his deathbed or something, looks back on the past and how things have changed. Anyway, if this were a flashback voiceover, I'd talk about how I first met Anne all the way back in 2005 when I drove up to Seattle to visit a friend who I'd met through Live Journal, the author E.C. Myers. He lived in New York City at that time but was attending Clarion West, and I thought it would be a great chance to meet him in person. When he met me for coffee, he brought one of his classmates along, and that was the first time I met Rachel Swirsky. As I got to know Rachel better, she introduced me to another of their Clarion cohort, Anne Leckie. The years passed, and I continued to meet and befriend Clarion O5ers, including incredible female writers like Heather Lindsley, Vilar Kaftan, Ada Milenkovic-Brown, and Kat Rambo. Um, I often attended the Clarion 05 reunion dinners that were held at cons, and eventually I arrogated to myself the title of unofficial class mascot. Even though I was never able to actually attend Clarion, if I could have, I would have liked it to have been in 2005. Anyway, all of this reminiscing has me thinking about the communities that surround us, how they intersect and evolve over time, and just how much they support us. A lot of the writers who were just starting out in 2005 are now, like Anne, celebrated veterans, and they're helping younger writers who are just starting out along the path. Knowing that the community of women writers, which the Artemis Rising series has celebrated, is strong and thriving, makes me feel quite hopeful for the future. The story today is read by Diane Severson, who regularly narrates for the Starship Sofa podcast magazine as well as producing a semi-regular podcast for Starship Sofa called Poetry Planet. A lyric soprano specializing in early music, especially Baroque and medieval music, you may remember her from having read and sang in Podcastle episode 198, Cat Valenti's Urchins While Swimming, all the way back in February 2012. Enjoy the story. The Creation and Destruction of the World by Anne Leckie At one time the waters were divided and contained, and dry land was raised up out of the sea 
mountains and valleys, hills and plains, and the people lived there. They lived this way for a long time, standing on the bones of the world, until it chanced that they angered the Lord of wind and storm. The Lord of storms caused it to rain, and it rained for days, for weeks, for months, until there was no dry spot on the face of the world. The low places were deep lakes, the high places awash. In the highest place, every step was ankle-deep in water. The clothes the people wore, the beds they slept in, were soaked and dripping. The very food they ate was soaked and dissolved by the rain. And day by day it rained, and the water grew still deeper. We will drown, the people cried. Alas, for us and for our children, it would be better if we had been fish. And many of these people who cried so were turned into fish and swam away into the sea. And after this, no one gave birth to anything but fish. There was a woman who gave birth, and the child was a fish. The woman would not put the child into the sea, because it was hers and sickly, but instead kept it beside her. I will go to the Lord of Storms, the woman said, and beg for the God's forgiveness and the life of my child. And so she did swaddling the child and keeping it wet with her tears. She traveled far, where even the waters could not reach, until she was too weary and grieved to go further, and some way past that she came to the palace of the Lord of the Winds. The palace was on a high red hill. Every red stone on that red hill was a human heart, conquered and destroyed by the god. Many of those who, having come this far, fled in fear of climbing that hill, but the woman wept and climbed, and so she came to the palace. The walls of the palace were like diamond, clear and hard-edged as the wind. Of those who climbed, many would not enter, fearing the cutting edge of that wind, but the woman only wept and entered. And she came to where the Lord of Storms sat, with the axe in one hand and the lightning in the other. The throne of the Lord of Storms was of lapis, and polished hematite, red rubies, and yellow topaz. When she stood before the god, the woman sang, O Lord, your words control the raging winds. You are the storm that destroys all before it. The hurricane is your awful face, and thunder your voice. The fish and the shellfish torn up from their depths are your work, and boats and houses shattered and drifting on the surface of the sea. You are the wind that moves the clouds away from the sun. The sun shines or hides at your word. The west wind in the spring is your beautiful face. You drive the rain away and place the rainbow in the heavens. It was you who vanquished the Leviathan. Triumph of Midnight is its name. 
With your axe you cut off its thousand heads and divided the body, establishing the worlds. You set the suns to shine over them and their peoples. How have we angered you, O Lord? We are nothing, we are miserable. We cry out in anguish. Must we perish? As our Lord made us and established us in vain. Turn not your face from us, but hear our prayers and look kindly on us. That was the song the woman sang. It is still sung today, but she was the first to sing it. The Lord of Storms was pleased with the woman's song and spoke. I will give you one gift. I will save your people, or I will save your child. And the woman wept even more, because she wished to save her people, but she loved her child. I will think, the woman said. It is not an easy choice. Choose carefully, said the Lord of Storms, for I shall assuredly grant your wish. And she went away, and came to where a stone sat in the middle of the road, and she sat down weeping in the shadow of the stone. Woman, why do you weep? the stone said. And she told the stone about her people and her child, and the Lord of Storms. Ah, the stone said when she had finished. The gods grant every prayer, but for every gift they exact a price. My heart aches for you, and I will tell you why. Once humans lived here by the thousands, by the millions, singing and laughing and dancing, until it chanced that they had angered the Lord of Storms. Then the god sent darkness, and a creature of darkness, its bloodied fangs like blades of night, its bloodied claws like blades of blackest death. It ate the people. It left nothing but bones and skin, and the people surviving cried out, Oh, it would be better if we had been stones. And many were turned into stones as they spoke. And after that, all the children who were born were stones. And for that reason, there are no humans in the world, only stones. But the blood still cries out from the ground even after so long. It disturbs my sleep with pity for the ones who were lost. So the stone spoke. And that is why we say today, a heart like a stone. Stone, I don't understand your story, the woman said. There are humans in their thousands and their millions alive yet today, but you say they all perished. I have told you as I remember it, the stone said. I cannot help you, but it may be the serpent can. Go down the road, and when you come to the serpent, speak politely. I will do that, the woman said, and she did. She came to where the serpent lay coiled and shining in the road. Its scales were of gold and silver, its eyes like two sparkling emeralds. The woman greeted it politely, even though she was still weeping. Why do you weep? the serpent asked her, and she told him about her people and her child and what the stone had said. 
The stone spoke the truth, the serpent said. Once there were humans here, in their thousands and millions, dancing and laughing and singing. Then it chanced that they angered the Lord of Storms, and the God sent winds to blow them away. The world itself was blown and shaken on its roots, and those surviving cried out, Oh, it would be better if we had been serpents to hide under the ground from this wind. And many turned into serpents as they spoke. And after that, all the children were serpents. And for that reason, there are no humans in the world, only serpents. Serpent, I don't understand your story, the woman said. There are humans in their thousands and their millions alive yet today, but you say they all perished. What I have said is true, the serpent said, and so we say today, as if from a serpent's tongue. I cannot help you, but it may be the bird can. Go down the road, and when you come to the bird, speak politely. When the woman came to where the bird perched, she greeted it politely, even though she was still weeping. Good day to you, the bird said. It was as tall as a man with great grasping claws and wings that stretched across the road, red feathers and green feathers and blue. The woman told the bird about her people and her child and what the stone had said and what the serpent had said. The stone and the serpent spoke the truth said the bird. Once there were humans here in their thousands and their millions. They laughed and danced and sang, but it chanced that they angered the Lord of Storms, and the gods sent a rain of fire to destroy them. Flaming, fiery stones fell from the heavens, and where they touched, the world burned. And those surviving cried out, Oh, it would be better if we had been birds to fly above this terrible fire. And many turned into birds as they spoke. And after that, all the children were birds. And for that reason, there are no humans in the world, only birds. Bird, I don't understand your story, the woman said. There are humans in their thousands and their millions alive yet today. But you say they all perished. It may be as you say, the bird said. You say your child is a fish. How does it live out of water? My tears keep it wet, the woman said. No wonder the child is sickly, the bird said. Let it swim in the sea. You can save the child yourself and beg the Lord of Storms for your people. But my child would still be a fish, said the woman. Is there something wrong with being a fish? asked the bird. For my part, I have great affection for fish. The woman held her child closer. Well, said the bird, if you will not take my advice, I cannot help you. Perhaps you should ask the Lord of the Waters and the Deeps for help. The woman thanked the bird and went on her way until she came to the palace of the Lord of the Waters and the Deeps. The palace was set on a high hill, and this high hill was built of all the hearts overcome with love of the Lord of the Waters. Those who came to this hill climbed it gladly, dancing and singing, but the woman wept as she climbed. The walls of the palace were like diamond, clear and sparkling as water on a summer day, and those who came entered the palace eagerly. But the woman walked slowly in grief, 
and she came to where the Lord of the waters sat, with the axe in one hand and the basin of the seas in the other. The tears flowed from the God's eyes like a river. They flowed down over the throne of the Lord of waters, which was of lapis and polished jade, turquoise, and sapphire. And the Lord of the waters sang this song. Oh, I weep, I grieve, I am inconsolable. I am miserable, I cry. That was the song the Lord of the Deeps sang in grief. Then the woman said, O oh, great Lord of the waters and the deeps, I beg you, cease from weeping. How may I cease? asked the Lord of the waters. The Lord of storms has said my people will be destroyed. The word of the God is inviolate. It has been said, and so it will be. So the woman told the Lord of the waters about her people and her child and the Lord of storms and what the stone had said and what the serpent had said and what the bird had said. The Lord of storms, whose word is eternal, said to me, I shall assuredly grant your wish. A gift from any god is a knife. It will turn your hand and pierce your heart. What help I can give, I will but it will not be what you expect. Do this. Return to the Lord of wind and storm and say, I have made my choice, O great Lord of storms. Save my child. Then you must do whatever the God tells you. And when you have done it, say, 
O God of winds, generous and kind, praise and thanksgiving, the Lord of storms has said, I will save your people. The God will be angry, but though your child may be lost and your people saved, to save your child is also to save your people. O Lord of the waters and the deeps, let the waters recede, let the seas be contained, and the land stand forth again as it was. You have stopped my tears, but they cannot be taken back. The waters are as they will be, but I will teach you to make the buildings on the sea so that you may live as though on dry land, and I will show you how to make the floating gardens that will feed your people. And the God showed the woman these things. And after that, the woman returned to the palace of the Lord of Storms and approached the terrible throne of the lightning-bearer. O oh, great Lord of Storms, I have made my choice. Save my child. The god laughed, and the woman's heart was troubled. This has always been in your power, said the Lord of Storms. Put the child into the water. Let it swim in the sea as it was born to do. The woman wept still more, for truly had the Lord of the Deeps said that any gift would be a knife in her heart. I am deceived, she told herself. But, she said to the Lord of Storms, my child will still be a fish. Your child is what it is, said the god. So heavy of heart and weeping yet, the woman put the child in the water and it swam away. Then she returned to the palace of the Lord of Storms. O oh, great Lord of the winds, generous and kind, praise and thanksgiving. The Lord of Storms has said, I will save your people. The God has said it, and so it will be. What do you mean, woman? asked the Lord of Storms. I saved your child, as you chose. O oh, great and merciful Lord of the winds, you might have saved my people without saving my child, but how can my child be saved and not my people? I am deceived, cried the Lord of Storms. This is the doing of the Lord of the Deeps. Nevertheless, said the woman, your word is inviolate. Indeed, said the Lord of Storms. Return to your home. What was destroyed remains destroyed. What has changed remains changed. But I will cease my destruction of your people. And so the woman returned home and showed her people how to make the buildings on the sea and the floating gardens, and one day, looking out to the sea, she saw her child sporting and leaping in the water, and her heart was gladdened. This is why whenever we see the fish people sporting and leaping in the sunshine, or when we find the gifts they bring us, the colored stones and the shells and the small carvings that they leave on the ledges of our homes or in our boats, our hearts are lifted, even though our troubles might be great. For they are our brothers and sisters, and our children. And we're back. 
I think it was a great idea to have Diane read that story because to me it does seem to have a lot more in common with poetry than with regular prose fiction. It definitely put me in mind of the Old Norse Edda, even down to the title, and had that feeling of a story passed down through generations, possibly from grandmother to granddaughter. It's interesting to note, by the way, that one theory about the etymology of the word Edda means great-grandmother. Feedback this time is for The World is Cruel, My Daughter by Corey Scarry. Most readers found this one pretty dark, but they seemed to like it anyway. Commenter Tesla Jane was impressed by how the story called back to the Rapunzel fairy tale without being too obvious about the connection. She said, Wow, this story blew my mind. Generally, I can notice when a story has a fairy tale like theme or foundation going, but this time I had no idea until the daughter literally let her hair down, and even then I questioned its relation to the original Rapunzel because of its own novelty. Great retelling in such a new way, a totally different perspective. Loved it. Thank you to everyone who commented, and please do drop by and visit the forum and keep the conversation going. And as always, please consider visiting podcastle.org and making a donation. Every penny goes to paying our authors and bringing you the best in fantasy fiction week after week. And so, on behalf of everyone here at Podcastle, LaShawn Wenick, Graham Dunlop, Anna Schwind, Dave Thompson, Kitty Nicklian, and Don Phoenix, thanks for listening. And until next time, this is M.K. Hobson for Podcastle, leaving you with a quote from the great Octavia E. Butler. You don't start out writing good stuff. You start out writing crap and thinking it's good stuff, and then gradually you get better at it. That's why I say one of the most valuable traits is persistence. Podcastle is a production of Escape Artists Incorporated and is distributed on a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Share it, but don't change it or sell it. Our theme music is by Shiva in Exile. You can find them at magnatune.com. And if you like science fiction or horror, be sure to visit our sister podcasts, Escape Pod and Pseudopod. And if you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend, or post to your blog about it, or consider donating via the PayPal link on our site.